Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Welcome back, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Two White Chicks in China. This is episode one hundred and forty-one. Whoa, reaching, <laughs> reaching, reaching up to the stars, Holly. <laughs> Before we get into the show, as always, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has left us a review.、Um, it really helps other people find us on Apple Podcasts and on any other、uh, podcast player that you use. Thanks again for everyone who has been subscribed through our little absence, as Holly and I have been on our way, starting new exciting adventures. So we are back, and we will be publishing once every other week, and then probably back on to once a week later on in the future. So thanks for sticking with us. We will continue carrying the torch. <laughs> so do you want to know a fact about China? Of course. So, in the year two thousand seventeen, not so long ago, the the number of claw machines in China, arcade claw machines, reached two million, making up a sixty billion renminbi, which is about eight point seven billion U.S. dollar market. So, I found this really funny because I started seeing these vending machines popping up all over the city. With like、um, like Chanel and Lancome、yes. and these like me-、uh, you know really high end makeup companies and they have like pseudo claw you know it's virtual claw machines to win prizes、mm-hmm. and they have like little gift boxes and it just kind of shows you a little bit about the culture like here arcade games are really popular like if you go to an arcade inevitably there's like Some skinny dude wearing gloves who's playing a game so fast, like he needs to wear the gloves so his hands don't get all <sighs> chapped, and he's just like sitting there sweating. A lot of times they have those headbands, like those sports sweatbands on, and he's just like sitting there, like playing, just like you see in the movies. I see them because now I take my daughter to the arcade or you know to play. In these funland places, and you always see that one guy in the corner playing that one. He's like always there playing that one game. It just shows you、uh, they really love the arcade games here in China. Still, I feel like it's not a thing anymore in the states. It still still exists in the UK, but mostly in like seaside towns. Okay. Yeah. Is it in the bars, or do they have actual like arcades? Actual arcades,、okay. but you know, like every, it's different. Obviously, different to what you're talking about with the claw machine things. But in bar, like pubs, you always have like a slot machine. Yeah, I've seen some slots in bars, but the 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 arcades seem to be pretty much all but disappeared now that everyone has their own personal game consoles at home.、Mm-hmm. Which is, in a way, I mean, they never really had the best of reputations. It was always kind of shady people hanging out at the arcades. <laughs> But、um, it seems like that culture is kind of just dying away. But here, it's like it's emerging even stronger with the adult population. And do you, with these, you were saying about like、um, big brands like Chanel? Are there?、Um, is it all just like the vending machines, or they're actually like claw? Because I haven't seen those. I've seen claws for like. Strange items and the gift box things,、mm-hmm. but the high-end products I haven't seen before. Okay, so it's it's virtual, so it's like a virtual claw machine, and then like a gift will pop out if you win. 
Oh, right. Okay, so you play a game and then you might get it. Oh, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. So you don't have to try and... Because those claw machine things, I've never really been interested in because I think it's a big scam. Well, here they also have, like, vending machines for a lot of other stuff, too. Like, yeah. they have karaoke vending machines. Yeah. And they have... Which is just, like, a box. Soundproof box with some curtains. And you can literally just go in to the box and put a few coins and sing your heart out. Yeah, and I think you get to take, like, the song home with you as well, right? Oh, like it... I don't know how they do that, but Maybe yeah. they send you on WeChat or yeah, something. Yeah, um, Oh, I didn't know that. And they have, like, face mask oh, vending yeah. machines and, like, a coconut, like... A, an uh, orange juice. Oh, yeah, the I've orange actually, juice one is cool. I, I've actually used one of those. Uh, there's one in the one of the gardens near my place and I've been in and I was like I'm just gonna try this it's but it was pretty good but I could have done with two two juices (laughs) it's not just orange juice it's not just like a bottle of orange juice that pops out it's like fresh oranges are inside and they have like some special (laughs) machine that you watch it happen it's it's really really cool so they like stick a fork in the orange basically and then they have this peeler it quick peels it and then they they squeeze it and so it's like freshly squeezed Mm. orange juice and so you get, I don't know how many oranges, like six or quite seven few, oranges. Quite because yeah. I was sat, stood there thinking, am I going to get this juice? It was quite <laughs> a while. But yeah, I was watching the oranges like dropping down. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In all the metros, you also have different kinds of vending machines. Some are, some are games and some are more just for goods that you might need. Photo booths and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For getting your passport photos and stuff done. But even in, like, on the e-commerce site Taobao, whenever I open the app, it's always prompting me to play some kind of little game. Yeah, it's really big now, isn't it? And even with the, when there's, like, a holiday, and I use holiday in really, like, loose term, just, there are always, like, um, the recent one was uh, 618, and, uh, there are always big deals on Taobao, but to get the discount, you have to, like, I guess, a, like, a s- slot machine, but what do you, you know, in, like, Vegas, where you have the three uh, windows and you have to pull the handle down? Yeah, I don't slot know if that, machine. You, would you, yeah, that's just a slot. I'm wondering if it has a special name. Slots. Uh, no. Slot. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you use that to get you discount. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just for fun, really. You, there's no, like competitive element to it I guess (laughs) my theory with all this is that the kids here have no time to play when they're actual kids that all this like kid style fun still Mm. emerges as they're when they're adults like they haven't had the chance to actually play these kind of things when they're kids and then as adults they still like doing it it's same with like some of the clothes that they wear for us it's very childish like they'll wear like Mickey Mouse shirt or Winnie the Pooh or you know you just see a lot of very cutesy kind of clothing on 25 30 year old mm. adults and I think it's I think part of it is that when they were kids they had to wear uniforms didn't have any time and so all these things that they obsess about as kids they didn't have a chance to do and it's like still with them as adults mm, that's my like theory. making up for lost time exactly yeah. exactly yeah I've noticed uh, pepper is <laughs> Emerging on t-shirts. I saw a Peppa t-shirt where Peppa had a knife stabbed through him. I think it was, <laughs> I think we were maybe together. I, I think I saw that as well. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Peppa Pig. <laughs> All right, so um, do we have some news? Yes. 
so this article is a little bit old, but I've been saving it because I thought it was just really good. Uh, so this is, uh, the, the headline is, Jiangsu driver fails breathalyzer test after eating durian. Oh. My favorite fruit oh. is back again. <laughs> so this, the story, this comes from the Shanghaiist, and uh, this, the man uh, fails the breathalyzer test um, in Jiangsu, and, but he insists uh, to the police that he has not been drinking, he was only eating durian. And uh, obviously, officers were extremely like skeptical of this, but they were shocked when they took him to the, a station, I guess, and they tested his blood alcohol level, and they revealed that there was absolutely no alcohol in his system. <laughs> he was telling the truth. So obviously, the police were really super curious about this and did a test. So one of their officers, and by, there's a video that comes with this article, which is worth a watch. Uh, he ate some durian, blew into the breathalyzer, registered BAC of 0.036, which is above the 0.02 legal limit in China. Three minutes later, he was tested again and received a reading of zero. Wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. But apparently there's a number of different fr- uh, foods, like fruits uh, and products like mouthwash, which, which, which makes sense, I guess, yeah. that can produce false positives uh, in breathalyzer tests. <laughs> I wonder if the durian... So, yeah, I wonder if it was just, like, slightly fermented or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, another reason not to eat durian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know me, I love durian. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's, like, the stinkiest fruit on the planet. Yeah. It's banned in Singapore, like, in all public places. And <laughs> it's, um yeah, it's, it's very pungent. But I've come to love it at first i really didn't like it then i tolerated it then i liked it now i really do love it (laughs) the king of fruits as they call it Mm -hmm. so let's get on to the show holly okay then so our question this week comes from charmaine and she says hi holly and nora i recently discovered your podcast and i've been loving the episodes it's something i look forward to on my walk to work and back every day and i'm so glad that i still have over 130 episodes to keep me company 140 now (laughs) i have a question about chinese consumers who are known to be big spenders of luxury bags and clothes i was wondering if young chinese still spend on luxury brands or are they spending more on traveling Uh, i would love to know your thoughts thank you and please keep up the good work thanks so much for this question i think it's great we haven't really touched exactly on this before we've said bits and pieces about yeah luxury goods and things like that in china but we thought we would talk a little bit about how spending is different in china than it is in the west i think in general what do you what do you think do you think young people are spending less on luxury goods no 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 and uh that was my initial feeling before but then i did some research and i found out it was definitely still no (laughs) (laughs) i Uh, thought so too i mean i don't think it's a trade-off like oh they're spending less on luxury goods in order to travel more i Mm -hmm. think they just all seem to have more money (laughs) so they're doing both (laughs) yeah yeah that's it but what is interesting like what i found was that the reasons for buying luxury goods seem to have changed so we've discussed in the past like this uh two how thing um where, which is well it's um people who have come into money re- in re- recently and they're they don't really know how to spend it or ha- what to do with it so they basically flaunt all the goods they have all the uh luxury brands uh car big cars you know they just 
throw their money around, but they, they don't do it with any, like, finesse, basically. Right. <laughs> it's really insulting. Yeah, Tuha is the slang for that. It's kind of yeah. like nouveau riche or something like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so instead of people buying luxury goods as a way to, like, flaunt their wealth, most young Chinese people are spending on luxury items as a reward. Like, uh, we've talked in recent episodes about this uh, 996 work life, and most young people think that they're basically working their socks off. Why shouldn't I treat myself to a luxury item? Oh. So this seems to be the more recent approach to I'm working, I'm earning a decent salary, therefore I'm going to buy a nice handbag or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. For those of you who missed the episode before, the 996 is about... Uh, working in China from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. That's like this mentality of just like grunt, you know, labor basically. And a lot of young Chinese have adopted this, especially in startups. Yeah. And a lot of um, e-commerce sites uh, that are promoting and selling luxury items are actually really trying to play on this. There's an e-commerce giant called Siku and... uh, they said that 60% of their platform's customers in 2018 were urban working women under 30. And the, the customers refer to themselves as delicate piggy girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> which apparently, this is a euphemism for young Chinese women who are clumsy early in life but aspire to become sophisticated. Um, and most of these are new to their careers and are, are they're, they're working the 996 <laughs> uh, in order to better themselves. So. I'll never understand Chinese slang. I think. No, <laughs> but I, I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how spending is different here than in the West. The first thing that came to my mind was just meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big one, isn't it? With um, I mean, it's just so convenient. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one. Yeah, I wasn't thinking so much of that as, but oh. that's true. That's true. So you're talking about buying meal, like buying takeout for lunch and dinner and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when I was uh, actually that, so I read an article that was suggesting that, especially for young unmarried Chinese people, that they're tent they're consuming for convenience. Um, so, for example, with the with meals, it's more expensive to buy all your ingredients and cook at home. Not just more expensive, probably, but also like just less convenient. So most of the time, these single people just eat out all the time for probably every meal, mm. I imagine. Yeah, in China, the game is definitely volume. So they can sell super cheap, mm. you know, services like this food delivery. Exactly. I mean, it's just a couple dollars, really. And that includes delivery. And then you have a hot meal and, yeah. you know what I mean, clean up, you throw everything in the trash, yeah. which is a horrible thing for the environment when you see, like, all oh, yeah. this styrofoam and stuff. But it's just people are really busy. They don't have time to do it for themselves at home. And it's mm-hmm. just right now it seems like the best alternative. But when I was thinking about the meals, I was thinking more about just how extravagant their dinners with friends can be. And I think that's not necessarily... Because usually in the West, you know, we go Dutch, as they say. So everybody kind of pays for their their own food, what they've eaten. Not, not always, but no. that tends to be the case when you go out with friends. But in China, it's never... Well, maybe some young young people do it now. Uh, but yeah. 
still in general when you go out to dinner with somebody whoever has invited the people to come for dinner is the one who picks up the bill mm -hmm. and so a lot of it is this show kind of this little bit of showmanship oh yeah absolutely yeah so they will take you to a really nice place and order way too much food to kind of flaunt a little bit and I personally have been on the receiving end of that quite a lot, so I appreciate that part of Chinese culture. <laughs> yeah, although for me, the only I do appreciate it too. I'm not gonna t like I I appreciate the uh, generosity, mm -hmm. but especially when you go for s these extravagant meals, sometimes the dishes are a little on the weird side <laughs> sometimes because they tend to bring out like the sea cucumber and. Oh, oh, the dishes yeah, that... like these delicacies that are really expensive here. Yeah, like soup, turtle soup, this kind of thing. And I, you know, it's... We don't really appreciate it the way we should. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword, really, isn't it? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, but they spend in a way that we wouldn't do. I mean, you might treat your friends for drinks or something, or, you know, you have a party and you treat your friends. But not in the same way as here. Here it's like... At home, they may spend a dollar on a meal to feed themselves, and then they may spend $300 on a meal to treat some friends. So it's like this huge extreme, like they, they, a lot of Chinese people tend to be very cost conscious about day-to-day -day stuff, mm -hmm. but then when it comes to showing off your wealth or showing some respect to somebody or, you know, just buying an extravagant meal, it's like no expense holds, just... Yeah luxury <laughs> so it's uh it's it's quite an extreme like you'll see these um you'll see these people who will you know argue with a shop vendor over a quai over one yuan for or, an ice cream or, or less even yeah and <laughs> yeah. then drop three hundred dollars on a meal mm -hmm. you know a couple hours later so it's just kind of like this big extreme um this different idea of value I think people in the West who would spend that kind of money on a big meal would usually, in general, spend a lot of money, just kind of be oh, yeah. rich, you know, yeah, and just, yeah, spend, just spend spend money freely on everything, mm -hmm. you know. But they're very strategic, the way that they spend their money here. It's, it's actually very impressive. Yeah. Because that kind of leads me into my other thing, which was gifts. Because I think gifts are also done in a different way in China, the way that they spend on gifts. It tends to be also quite, quite extravagant. Um, one of the big things that I, I think is is quite different is um, how much money Chinese parents in particular spend on the education of their children. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and so this is something that's changed in, especially for uh, millennials. They have a greater understanding about the, the world and they want to educate their kids. And uh, they see the value of education, and most of the time they they invest their money in in their children, and uh, it's quite common for children. We've talked about this before. Children to study like every night of the week and have multiple classes during the weekend. You know, it's usually English, maths, and uh, maybe sometimes like be music classes or something like that. According to an article I found, this was from the South China Morning Post. Chinese parents spend up to uh, 43.500 US dollars a year on after-school classes only. That's just for after-school classes for their children. For one child? Yeah, for one child, yeah. $43,000 mm -hmm. a year. Yeah, I guess some parents are also paying for their just like 
schooling during the day as well (laughs) but then additionally yeah i went to look at a kindergarten that's two blocks away from where i live and it costs thirty thousand dollars a year Mm -hmm. and that's not including actually the food yeah yeah for kindergarten yeah and And then you'll have all the clothes on top of that the uniform the bedding like everything it's Mm -hmm. crazy Mm -hmm. and then after school activities field trips yeah and then after Mm -hmm. school yeah it only brought you to like four o'clock i think is four thirty or something yeah uh, so if you're working full-time, then you also have to arrange for the rest of the day what to do with the kids. You could need a nanny or you need some classes to keep them busy. But, yeah, it was mental. And the kindergarten was, no, it was a cute, it was very cute-looking kindergarten, but it was not $30,000 a year cute. <laughs> for that kind of money, I would expect, like, all the toys to be, you know, like, yeah. made from the finest woods from the forests mm. of Mongolia, or I don't know, <laughs> are there forests in Mongolia? I don't know, it's probably just grasslands. But anyway, um, you just expect super high quality, and it really wasn't. And the the English teachers also, because that's one of the main reasons why parents send their kids there, is, oh, it's, you know, it's English accredited university, which I'm not so sure if it's true. But anyway, the English teachers, I think there were four that I saw Three of them were not native speakers of English, so yeah. two two of them were Russian and one of them was, I don't know, from somewhere in Latin America. And then the one who was an English native speaker was missing several teeth and had tattoos all over his arms. Didn't look too kindergarten friendly, if you ask me. So it's just like, what? Are, where is all this money going? All these parents are win- willing to spend, but they're willing to spend and they're willing to spend more. Like, often, because, you know, my husband's in education, and Holly, now you are too, and often the parents are saying your services are too cheap, mm-hmm. and you guys are thinking to yourselves, ooh, are people going to be willing to pay this? And then they're coming back with you saying, oh, that's too cheap. Raise yeah. your prices. But I think, with going back to the, the inter, this international factor and the getting native speakers, it's a big selling point. Like, without, not to toot the horns of, you know, foreign teachers... But without the foreign teachers, they couldn't charge as much. Oh, for sure. I mean, they'd probably try. <laughs> but for but that amount selling, of money... It's a big selling point. Yeah, they should be able to fly in professors from Cambridge for oh, yeah, that kind of money. Probably. I mean, there's hundreds of kids going to that school, and they're all paying $30,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, do the math. Somebody is just cashing in. And so it's just this kind of... You'd think that they would actually raise the standards, but I guess they're just like, okay, if the parents are happy enough and are willing to pay and they have the market for it, why? Why would they spend the extra money? And you see that also in, like, these study abroad. You hear about these agencies that set you up to do kind of study abroad. The agency will charge, like, $100,000 for the parents to send their kid abroad for two weeks to do some kind of classes. And the classes cost maybe like five thousand mm. dollars. So the agency is pocketing like ninety five thousand dollars just for the connection. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. But that's that's definitely one of the things they spend on here. I actually just before we move on, I just want to quickly mention this article that I found. I don't want to go into it too much, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's uh, it's called Why Chinese Parents Spend Huge Amounts of Money on Children's Summer Programs. And since we're all almost up to summer, I thought it was a relevant topic. Um, it's, it's a couple of years old, but this is definitely still something that's a big issue. And you obviously, Nora's just mentioned that it's common to send children abroad. This is about uh, basically a, a, a parent who 
she she'd been posting on uh, online about how she couldn't afford like her monthly salary, which was thirty thousand RMB, was not enough to send her child. Uh, abroad for summer for the summer vacation that's a really high salary yeah. for china yeah it is and uh she th- this is what the program that she wanted to send her kids included it was 10 days just 10 days uh two or th- uh, sorry a 10 day study tour through the usa a daytime daytime nanny piano lessons swimming classes some summer classes in english language olympic maths and writing uh, and this was going to cost uh, about 30, 35,000 RMB, which was uh, a little bit over $5,000. Maybe it's a bit different now. but um, And that was going to be the summer vacation. <laughs> oh, <the> wow. <laughs> That's a vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> wow. But this, had gone vi- this is something that had gone viral. That's why this article had been written. This is on What's on Weibo. You know, there's obviously lots of criticism about hair and about also how how expensive these courses can be. Anyway, that I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was really interesting. <laughs> oh, for sure. Along these same lines, I think people here tend to be more willing to pay for other kinds of instruction as well. Like, they would rather have somebody guide them to do something than to figure it out for themselves. <clears throat> for example, in Shenzhen, there is a center here, game center, where parents pay big bucks we're talking, yeah, $40, $50, $60 an hour mm-hmm. to send their kids to learn how to play board games. And this is not uncommon, and it's actually really popular. And I think actually the, the cost, because I think the parents are aware that, okay, it doesn't really cost that much to run the center, but I think part of the cost that they're paying for is actually the exclusivity. Like, the market is so huge and there's so many people in China that they basically use the cost to kick out kind of the the lower income people so that they're just like with the higher income. Like I have a friend who goes to do yoga um, and she pays, it's like $20,000 for her, US dollars for her yoga membership a year, a year, yeah, $20,000. Which she goes twice a week. Okay, it's it's crazy amount of money to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a class every time. And I, I mean, this is a person whose money is no object. But she's not paying because she thinks, oh, like it's the best instructors in the world and the facility is so amazing. She's paying because that means that the only other people who are able to afford going there are also people like her mm. Who are just like the highest tier um, in terms of income brackets so I think that that's part of it you have to understand the mentality also they're not just paying like oh it costs this much to run the center therefore the, you know the pricing is fair they're mm-hmm. paying okay if I'm paying this high price then the only other people who can afford it are people of my level mm-hmm. yeah I mean VIP is a big thing here for sure even going back to the food thing like you go to a restaurant and you can you can get like a VIP room, uh, so it's just your group together in a room and you get special service mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. yeah, you pay for it and you pay dearly. With that example, with for the because it's educational related, I also think it's somewhat uh, for convenience as well. I think they're willing to pay, and this I I'm not a parent and I don't mean to come off like I'm being I'm judging anyone but I know that there are parents who they're definitely putting their kids in classes because they basically 
A, don't have the time to spend with their kids, or B, just don't know what to do with their kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I have an example of this happened with a class that uh, that I have, um, where they were discussing, the parents were discussing in Chinese, like, oh, we had some time. Uh, oh, it was a holiday. The kids had finished school on a half day, and one of the parents was saying, "Oh yeah, like let's do a couple of classes." And the other one of the other parents joked, "Oh, like the you know the kids get a holiday, and you you you're already trying to figure out ways to get rid of them." <laughs> and it was a joke, but I think it was a bit like there was truth in it. You know, mm-hmm. I think they just like, and I guess it's fair enough. Maybe there aren't any grandparents or whatever to look after the kids. Let's talk about some of the services that are here that people might spend money on that we don't have in the West. I think that services, because of the volume, going back to that, they you're able to do a lot of things that you may not be able to take advantage of in the States. Like, in the U.S., I never had anyone come to clean my house. Mm. But in China, it's like, why bother cleaning if you can pay someone 15 bucks to do your whole house? Then sure. it's worth it. And other services as well are pretty low cost, like massages and spa treatments i think more money is spent on those kind of services here than in the u.s i feel like very it's really the upper end of society in the states that goes to to the spa on a regular basis or goes to do facials on a regular basis but it seems like a lot of chinese women go on like a weekly or every other day basis to the spa to do like facials manicures all this stuff because it's cheaper and it's um uh, just they're used to paying for this kind of service. It's just it's just very affordable, and I think it also comes back to somewhat like culturally like Chinese medicine as well. I think mm. I think they really put value in these what we consider luxury, but these like ways of taking care of themselves. I mm-hmm. guess yeah, massage, especially tui na, is like mm. that. That massage practice is is seen as a health remedy. It's not. People don't necessarily go there just to relax. It's just, it's not always relaxing. It's, it can be quite painful. Um, but it's, yeah, it's part of the, part of their health. And then, like, taking care of your face. Like, the the money that they spend on mm. facial care and just, we've done, we've talked about it in yeah. the past. Mm-hmm. About just skincare regime and all that stuff and how, how careful they are. It's just all bundled up. I feel like they must... I mean, I don't have a statistic about that. Maybe it was in the episode about skincare, but I know personally I spend way less money on skincare than pretty much every one of my Chinese friends. Yeah, and there are, it's always about like the new products, and they love products from Korea and Japan, like, and they're often the price tags are steep. I remember many years ago uh, working with a teacher, and she so her salary was minute, maybe two and a half thousand RMB if that Ooh. and she dropped a thousand RMB on some luxury products for her face mm. I think a lot of Chinese women do face masks every night maybe and they have like special well if I if the movies show me anything <laughs> and also a lot of my Chinese friends are getting older like I am and they have just flawless flawless faces mm. no makeup just but flawless. they can also afford to do it as well i guess yeah true <laughs> all right so hopefully that gives you a little insights into spending in in china again these are generalizations just what we've observed people aren't always like this i mean not everybody can afford to do this kind of stuff and frugality is also really highly valued here so not everybody goes around just throwing money here and there hit their and thither 
But um, it's definitely different the way they do it. I think a lot of it has to do with, like, what you see on the outside. I think in the West we spend a lot more on our home and things that you wouldn't necessarily see. Other people wouldn't necessarily see, like, a home entertainment system and, like, things that make your life more convenient. Yeah, it's more about the personal items that we need, right? Yeah. Yes, here it's, yeah, as you say, it's all about the show and what people see your flashy car, the nice meal, the handbag, whatever. There it's like top-of-the-line espresso maker, like new washing machine, you know, these things that are in the house that no one would actually really see unless you gave them a tour of your house. Those things aren't really thought about as much in China. Mm. We're one, even, like, because most of the working people in China wouldn't be doing their own laundry anyway because they've got their, usually, parents or... Um, an IE to look after them. More and more, you get this, like, sea turtles are coming back home. You know, they call Mm -hmm. it children who have been abroad for a while, sea turtles that have studied abroad and lived abroad for a while. And they do tend to start bringing these Western habits back. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see if it'll change. Or the other way around. They may be spreading their culture to us. (laughs) Yeah, well, before we finish, there are definitely, just in my research, I found that uh, they reckon that the China's, like, uh, Generation Z consumers, by far, like, the the biggest spenders. Kids who were born, kids, they're not kids, but they're kids to me, (laughs) born in 1998 and after are basically killing it with the spending. Like, they spend, on average, at least... Uh, oh, sorry, more than $7,000 per year on luxury goods, even before they reach the age of 21. Mm. So I, if they keep going as they are, then it's probably not going to change. <laughs> well, I just remember the time that my husband took one of his students, who was five at the time, out for a meal, and his mom gave him 500 renminbi as pocket money. That's like $80, guys, pocket money. <laughs> Just like that to a five-year-old. Come on. <laughs> I'm still trying to save that much now. All right. All right. Well, do you want a Chinese word of the day? Yeah, let's do it. So I had to go with hua qian. So that's um, to spend money, hua qian. And it's interesting because the first word, first character, hua, is also the word for flower. I don't really know. I can't, I couldn't figure out the connection between why it would be used for both flower yeah. and to spend. Yeah. But qian means it's money. Confusing, yeah, hua qian. Flower money. <laughs> to spend money. <laughs> Alright, so you can check that out. Um, if you go to writtenchinese.com, you can just plug in the pinyin. That's H-U-A-Q-I-A-N. Hua qian. Or you can go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 141 and see the show notes for this episode. And you can just click the link there. That's you... a more direct way to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. And um, you can leave us a written question, uh, just like Xiaoman did, but we also like to hear your voice. We do. We tend to gravitate towards the voicemail questions first. So you've got a question about China, send us a voicemail. And last but not least, you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 2 chicks, and the 2 is T-W-O. Thanks for listening. Bye.